Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 132 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, folks. I'm John DeConti, and we're here to take you through the week that was and preview the upcoming week of wrestling action. Powered, as always, by the Eastern Observer. You taste that power. Uh, here to help us along is our UK and European expert, Gary Maheffy. Gary, sir, how are you? I'm doing well, and I've even said, now that I'm back in the kitchen, I've got my, well, that way, my birthday cards over that shoulder. I've got the the fish tank in the corner over this way. I feel like a James Bond villain somewhere. <laughs> you just go. need Pat to pet now, right? That's it. <laughs> and also with us is our stateside NXT guru. And number four, John Smith. <laughs> John Smith, how are you this evening, sir? Doing well. Happy to be here, man. I uh, almost didn't make it today, but I figured it out. Excellent. We're happy to have you. All right. we, can we just clarify this now? Can we, can we just kind of just... <laughs> <laughs> Gary, come <laughs> All right. Okay, we're here to go. Uh, we're going to recap uh, Raw, SmackDown, Impact, ADW, and NXT and make our picks for, most importantly, make our picks for the upcoming matches that have been announced so far this week. And as always, our picks are sponsored by ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. All right. Uh, let's go to... I shall like it too. Oh, yeah. And that stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, our, I got I to gotta change my script. It still says Raw Roll-Ups. The AEW Roll-Ups coming into the week. That's what they look like because it's the first week of the year as far as the way we're counting. And... Let's go back to that right there. And uh, let's just jump into it with NXT. Let's go back to last week where the show started with Carmelo Hayes facing Apollo Crews. John Smith, how was this match? This one was kind of like uh, an uncle fighting his older nephew or something, kind of showing him what's what's what. Because, you know, uh, Apollo kind of had an answer for everything that Melo was doing. And by the end of the match... Uh, Apollo was just suplexing them all over the ring and it caused trick to get involved. And that caused a series of uh, reversals to where uh, Carmelo ended up taking advantage and hitting his leg drop from the top rope for the three count. And then we went straight into a trick Williams versus Axiom match. Yes. Very nice. Um, you want to break that one down for us too? You remember much about that one? Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't review it, but it was, um, I mean, uh, Axiom took the match, but then was got uh, double teamed by Carmelo and and uh, and Trick afterwards, and then the save was made by Apollo. So it looks like we're destined for this feud to keep going on, and uh, we got some tag action in our future. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's probably the the best part of it. We'll get to see uh, three of the four of those guys who are really entertaining and Trick. So uh, we'll probably get a tag match maybe coming up next week. Uh, 
Also in the men's division, we had uh, Oro uh, Mensa backstage with McKenzie when uh, Big Body Javi interrupted. He was trying to plug his Christmas album after New Year's because that's what you do. <laughs> Eventually, they had some words. They decided to fight about it. Mensa won with that beautiful spinning back kick that he uh, throws into the corner. Uh, it was a quick match. Uh, hopefully, Mensa, thank God he's back on TV and uh, he'll be moving up the card, I would imagine. Uh, we had some stuff going on in the women's division. Uh, for starters, Fallon Henley, uh, she she was ready. You know, she had her claws out. She was ready to go back at uh, Kiana James, who just kind of showed up. She was just, um, excuse me, she genuinely congratulated Henley on their win, and then she kind of like flirted with uh, Jensen, told him to text her. I don't know what's going on there or if it's going to backfire, but it's mildly entertaining. Uh, as we were talking about in pre-production, uh, we have this NXT anonymous Twitter handle. It's a female voice. Uh, our, in her first video, she was uh, peeking in on Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Uh, her, I guess her tagline is that everyone has secrets. What's yours? She's kind of you know giving us a peek at what's going on backstage. There have been more videos. Maybe we'll find out who that is tonight, or maybe we'll just get some more intrigue. Who knows? We also got a vignette last week of this countdown to the new year. That was after the new year. Supposedly, we're going to find out what that's all about this week. It, once again, appears to be a blonde female. Very well could be Tiff Stratton. That would be nice to see her come back, but we should find out tonight. Then Toxic Attraction went to the ring. And they're not even talking about the tag titles anymore. They said they've got one, uh, you know, uh, target insight, and it's Roxy and that women's NXT title. Indy Hartwell said, uh, you know, time for you guys, gals to step aside. I'm the new blood. Cora Jade came out. Nikki, uh, Nikita Lyons, Zoe Starks, Wendy Chu. There's a huge brawl. And Roxy shows up on the riser and says, ladies, you can fight all you want. It's not going to mean anything tonight, but next week, this week, there's going to be a battle royal. The winner of that is going to be Roxy's first opponent at New Year's Evil. So everyone was happy about that and went back to fighting. Meanwhile, two people paired off, disappeared. They fought up the aisle into the backstage area, beat the hell out of each other for 10 minutes. They already had a match on the books. It was extreme resolution. Gary, tell us what happened between Alba Fire and Isla Dawn when they finally oh, made it back after the ring. It's a proper hardcore match. This is like ICW here in the UK. There were ladders. There were, I was going to say bins, sorry, trash cans. Um, there were Alba threw uh, the ladder at Isla Dawn, but she moved out of the way. They climbed up onto some equipment and Alba uh, headbutted Isla off it onto some chairs and so on. When they finally made it to ringside, um, and the, the bell rang. Alba again went for a chair and was, was hitting Ida with it. And uh, when she went to the top, Ida Dawn threw the chair at her to knock her off. And as we moved towards the end of it, Ida had, Ida had a wrench and, and was going for Alba Fire's hands. And the fans, it seems to have been a thing, obviously, recently in every show that they all want tables. Well, they got their table. And when Alba got Ida Dawn onto it, she went for a swanton or whatever off the top uh, to put. Alba threw the table, or to put Isla through the table, except the table didn't actually break. And I think that they, they called an audible, and she had a gory bomb on Isla through the table then for the for the three count. 
but a very good hardcore match between two women who know each other really well. So yeah, yeah, and they did. they went at it for ten minutes. Once the bell rang, they went at it probably for close to ten minutes backstage before the bell. Rang. <laughs> yeah. We got our money's worth out of those two ladies. Uh, that being said, those two ladies and eighteen more tonight at New Year's Evil will be competing in, as we just spoke about, a 20-woman battle royal. Gary, let's go right back to you. Who do you see winning this battle royal and being Roxy's first opponent for her title at Vengeance Day when they hit the road next month? I'm just going back to check to make sure I'm right with who I've picked. Um, right, realistically, I would love it to be uh, Aoife, Lara, Valkyria, Valkyria, whatever you want to put it. For sure. But... I hope you're sitting comfortably here, gents. I've gone Wendy too. That's I, I know. I know. I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm letting myself down. I'm, I'm like I'm going to drown my sorrows here from a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've given her that wee bit of a push and with beating Corgi and stuff. I kind of think that's that's where they're going to go. Just to, as a as a little match. So I'm going to go Wendy Chu. I genuinely have picked her. Did not see that one coming, John. Oh. John Smith. <laughs> You wow. want to pick, you want to pick someone from AEW for us and really blow up? <laughs> uh, um, geez, now that's intriguing because that that would be face on face, which they don't do very often, but it's possible. Um, I was th- my first thought was Core J, but that's too easy. Um, so I got a couple names written down. I got Zoe Stark. I think she might get get, uh, get her mind right on that one. Um, Maybe Electra Lopez. Maybe see if there's anything she can do in that in, in that uh, hemisphere of the, the main event. And I was also thinking maybe this is where Tiffany Stratton makes her comeback, mm-hmm. and she comes out, and then she just prances around the ring until there's one person left and dumps them out or something like that. You know. Um, so I mean, for the for the pick pool, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Zoe Stark. Okay. Uh, yeah, I actually I agree with you, John Smith. Uh, I, I mean, Cora makes sense. Eventually, they're going to get around to Cora because there's that you know feud already existing there. But uh, Jesus, I would think they are going to at least put one defense under her belt before she gets there. So I think Zoe, you know, Zoe, uh, the, the crowd loves goofing on Zoe and whatnot. So uh, and she she is a heel, so that gives you your your ultra baby face versus your. I'm really trying to come off as a heel uh, <laughs> <laughs> opponent. So I'm going to agree with you there and say Zoe Stark takes that one. Okay, moving along. Uh, last week we had Andre Chase. He was not all that happy to see Drew Gulak working with his students. Uh, Charlie Dempsey was supposed to uh, put his students through the paces last week. He was in a sling. Didn't happen. Uh, some words were exchanged. Andre Chase wound up facing Drew Gulak. Uh, Dempsey was watching backstage from monitor. Uh, Gulak won with the Gulak, which he did not release uh, in a gentlemanly fashion, which kind of didn't sit very well with Hank Walker. But then backstage later, there was uh, a little meeting of the minds when Charlie Dempsey, Hank Walker, and Drew Lack all came together. And Charlie said, come hell or high water, it's on for this coming week. And Gulak said, don't worry, this guy who's not really a wrestler, he'll be ready for you. So this week, John Smith, we get Charlie Dempsey versus Hank Walker. How do you see that one working out? 
I see Charlie Dempsey winning this one. Um, you know, he's the veteran, uh, and obviously Hank Walker is, you know, not even a wrestler, basically. He's a security guard. Um, could I see him, like, getting some help with from some, from Andre Chase maybe or something? I don't know, but um, I'm going with Charlie Dempsey. All right, that makes sense to me. Uh, Gary, how uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah, there, there's nothing that de- de-stresses me more than a big Hank. So I want to watch him. So I, however, he's facing my man crush, Charlie Dempsey. And I'm sorry, Char- Charlie has it. It doesn't matter who he's against. Maybe maybe if it was Chris Bay, that might be kind of as we were talking <laughs> pre-production. That might change my mind. But uh, yeah, Charlie Dempsey. I, I agree with both of you folks. And uh, just for the record, here's my weekly phone call coming in. As we <laughs> unbelievably consistent <laughs> all right so i think we all agree on charlie dempsey there moving along um the new day uh, they're still hazing pretty deadly uh meanwhile the schism doesn't like the fact that they're the only one that the new day doesn't really talk about defending against uh it wound up leading to a kofi versus joe gacy match where kofi won with trouble in paradise but only about five and a half minutes and then uh, by the end of the night, Pretty Deadly was fed up. They, you know, they're sick of uh, being sent on errands to bring uh, them, the, you know, the Rock's eyebrow and Stone Cold mm-hmm. stuff, the empty beers or whatever. Uh, and they said, uh, enough of this. We'll prove that we're worthy. We will run the gauntlet next week to make ourselves the number one contenders. And the New Day were amenable to that idea. Now. We've we've uh, we've all checked Twitter recently. They're not telling us who this gauntlet is. You have to figure Anofi and Blade will be in there. Jensen and Brooks, you know, uh, maybe the, the schism will get involved and they'll face the dyad. But either way, we've got pretty deadly tonight in a multi-match gauntlet. Will they come out of it on top? Will they make themselves the number one contenders? Gary Mahaffey. I mean, there's there's part of me that wants to go no and say that something goofy will happen and they'll lose. But I honestly do think that that's the match that we're heading for in February is them kind of proving themselves again. So some way, by hook or by crook, uh, pretty dead they'll come out. All right, John Smith, what say you? Mm, I'm going to go with no. Uh, I don't know who the teams are in the match, and I don't think – does it uh, do the other teams get – to, to win number one contendership if they win it. Like, I don't know about that, but yeah, they just keep um, referring to it as pretty deadly runs the gauntlet. So yeah. yeah we're not right. sure. So I, I think they're just going to fall short on the last team and then they'll be, they'll have something to bitch and complain about for the next month until they finally end up getting their match somehow. Yeah. You know what? I, I think I like that idea. You know, they do have, like you, like you just said that they have three plus weeks, almost a full month to get back to it. And maybe we even wind up with a triple threat. You know, I obviously the schism kind of put their two cents in last yeah. week. Maybe they come out of this and New Day doesn't give them, it doesn't therefore name them number one contenders and blah, blah, blah. By the time we get to Vengeance Day, we have a triple threat. I could see it working out that way. So I'm going to agree with John Smith on this one. All right. Back to last week, we had. Uh, he had some footage of Dijak torturing Stax. Uh, and, uh, you know, basically Stax said, you know, why don't you really be a tough guy and see if you can handle me in the ring? And he went like, well, yeah, that's where this is headed anyway. He left him the key, walked out. They met later on in the evening, and in less than four minutes, Dijak smacked him around and gave him the, 
he hasn't named it yet, but in other organizations, we call it the go to hell. He had him up in the rack. He flipped him out of it, need him in the face. Away we go. Uh, Tony and he went to give him a second when Tony D'Angelo pulled stacks down and there was a little pushing and shoving and Tony clothesline Dijak out of the ring and challenged him. That challenge will take place tonight at New Year's <laughs> Evil. Tony D versus Dijak. John Smith, what do you think happens here? This is a tough one to call because this is Dijak's first real like big time match, if you want to call it that. And uh, Tony D has been so protected this whole time, yeah. you know, and um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Stax helping Tony D win this one. And yeah, I, I just, I'm going with the odds on that one because Tony D always ends up winning somehow. That's a good point. Uh, Gary, what do you say? Yeah, I'm I'm going the other way for Dijak, but for but for the exact same reasons John was saying, it's one of those ones that's very close to calling with Dijak just being back. Um, I think that that Tony D can afford the loss slightly more, so I'm going to say Dijak. Okay. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to go with Dijak just because he's fresh back and he's only had a <laughs> two matches. But I could also see this one having a, a no contest. Because Wesley has mentioned, like he knows both of those guys is on his are are on his horizon uh, for the North American title. So once again, not to you know, uh, not to repeat myself, but I could also see this being a triple threat when we get to Vengeance Day. Uh, granted, they once again have three plus weeks to work it out, but um, uh, yeah, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Dijak if we get a finish. But I could absolutely see there being some kind of no contest. Uh, moving along, we had uh, kind of a, a – I don't think either one of them actually spoke last week, but we had like a, a video package wrapping up this whole Into Sheer and Creed's uh, stuff that's been going back and forth. Uh, Into Sheer thinks they have to destroy the Creed's to get the respect that they're not getting uh, in the two matches I think that they've had since they've returned as a team. So I completely understand how they're – you know, they really want that respect. Well, it all comes to a head tonight. The Creed brothers take on into sheer in a straight up tag match. Gary, who wins this one? This was again all those ones where went, oh, they both need to win and they both they could both need to. I'm gonna go in this share. We're gonna win it. I think that I know that this match was initially gonna be held over, obviously, for the, the stuff over in India, but um I'm gonna say in this share we're gonna take it. Okay. Uh John Smith, what about you? What do you see? Yeah, I, I like it to share to take this one also. Maybe they debut a, a manager of some sort, and you know that's how they end up winning. But yeah, the Creeds I, at this point they're established. They don't need this victory. And Sanga, like well, Veer mostly has been saying that they need this victory against this, like, against these two. So I'm gonna go with them. Yeah, yeah, I think the Creeds are, uh, I mean, I don't want to call them bulletproof, but uh, yeah, I think they bounce back very easily, and Indusheer has been talking for over a month, and yeah, they they need they kind of need to get this done, so I agree with both of you, Jen, we're going to make that a clean tweet. And that leaves us with only the big time, uh, Grayson Waller, who had Braun Breaker on uh, the Grayson Waller effect last week, and he kind of was he was baiting him into taking a swing at him, uh, you know, doing something. <laughs> Eventually, he pissed him off enough where it got physical, and uh, he got gorilla pressed. When it comes down to it, we're going to get an NXT Championship match tonight. 
Braun Breaker, the NXT champion versus Grayson Waller. John Smith, what happens? Uh, is it time to take it off Braun yet? I'm not sure. I, I, I think if this was like a regular pay-per-view or premium live event, then maybe Grayson would be winning it. But I, I don't see it happening on a Tuesday night after he's had it for so long. So especially because Mandy just lost hers on a Tuesday night a couple weeks ago and extenuating circumstances, I know. But, um, yeah, I mean, Grayson could very well be your next champ eventually, but I I don't see it happening here. Okay. Gary, where do you see Uh, this going? Yeah, I completely agree. It's like I do think that the time's coming soon for him to lose it and to move up maybe like the Monday after WrestleMania or something to have him – debut on the main roster but I, I would say that the but while I do think you lose it, I don't think tonight so I've got breaker to win it as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I suppose I'm oh, Jesus. Am I gonna miss my chance? <laughs> I've been against him so many times. <laughs> yeah, it, like you said, uh, we've got Vengeance Day on the horizon already. Uh, breaker probably retains tonight. All right, that's going to do it for NXT. Let's jump back to last Friday and talk a little SmackDown. Uh, we had uh, we we saw Sheamus and Drew McIntyre at uh, Jerry Lawler's museum, which apparently also has a bar in it. They were putting back some pints and kind of slapping each other around like pals who aren't quite one hundred percent pals. But uh, it didn't matter. They didn't come to blows at the museum. And later on that night, they had business to take care of. Gary, tell us all about what happened when Sheamus and Drew McIntyre had their shot at the undisputed tag team champions. Yeah, the Usos versus the Banger Bros. I'm not sure how that got through, but it got through. (laughs) (laughs) I have asked that question as well. And the game had radio silence on that, to be fair. But uh, that's how that got through. Um, this, This was a... A really, really good and again physical match. Yeah, Jimmy getting belly to belly suplex quite early on, and um, Jay and, and Drew were were trading strikes. And um, <coughs> pardon me, Drew went for a clothesline, but uh, ran and got got Samoan dropped, and Jay hitting the suicide dive to the outside. What I did love um, was obviously we had uh, Sammy in the back. Eating his, uh, eating his popcorn, watching the match. Um, and as we, as we come towards the end, the Usos hit the, the 1D on Sheamus, but Drew broke it up. Um, Solo slammed Drew onto the barricade, but Bush and Ridge came down and fought him, fought him away from it. Um, Jimmy had a kick on Sheamus, but Sheamus hit the brogue kick. Um, Sheamus hit the dive to the outside on the both of them. And as he rolled um, Jimmy back into the ring, Jimmy rolled him up and as he was holding him Jay kind of pushed him to get more weight and the Usos retained and they are still your forever champs <laughs> I love that move the Usos are the only ones I've ever seen do that where you know I'm, I'm just gonna like he kind of hangs onto the bottom rope and just kind of puts his feet on his brother and like that's all the leverage he needs to keep him down and it's it cracks me up every time they do it uh, yes, your your winners and still undisputed tag team champions, the Usos. Uh, later on in the evening, we had Karrion Cross and Scarlet in a mixed tag against Madcap Moss and Emma. Uh, they would win when Cross put Moss to sleep, and afterwards, Cross put uh, a Rey Mysterio mask on 
Riddick, uh, Madcap Moss, and uh, this tarot card with Ray's likeness on it. He okay. He's he's waiting for Ray to come back when uh, whenever that happens. I I don't see how that helps a big man to beat one of the smallest men in the history of the company. But he is a former champion and all, so I guess it's a positive uh, if he has a feud with him. We'll see down the line. Uh, and the show started with a, a match that I don't think we saw coming, but it was a hell of a fun match. John Smith, what happened when Santos Escobar met Kofi Kingston? Yeah, they were talking a little smack with the backstage about uh, the Royal Rumble and how Santos wants to throw Kofi out. And then um, during the match, they played that up where Kofi saved himself at one point and then Santos saved himself on the steps, but then but then um, Woods blew the trombone and it scared him off the steps. And uh, eventually Kofi took over with a nice stomp where he jumped off of Santos's thighs and gave him like a like a coup de grace from the, in the middle of the ring. That was pretty cool. And then he hit the boom drop, but then or he was about to hit the boom drop, I think. And one of Legato grabbed his leg while the other one made a distraction with the ref. And then Zelina got involved with Woods and. One thing leads to another where Santos gets a nice super kick and then a phantom driver for the one, two, three. Yes, indeed. So uh, Santos gets the win. Uh, and then we got uh, we got a segment with Charlotte Flair who came to the ring uh, and the fans were chanting, thank you, Charlotte, which only goes to show you how much they hate Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Really, that's all you could take from that because a week from now they're going to hate Charlotte again, and rightly so. Uh, Sonya Deville came out and said that there should be an asterisk next to that title win, which was number 14 for Charlotte, by the way, if you're keeping track, because uh, Ronda had already fought, and she dared Flair to fight her, a fresh fighter, this evening. And uh, Charlotte said yes. They went at it right away, uh, and in about six and a half minutes, Charlotte would uh, eventually spear, I guess she's using now, spear Sonya, get her in the figure eight, and get the tap for the win. Uh, staying in the women's division, Liv Morgan announced herself for the Royal Rumble because she loves chaos, and what's more chaotic than the Rumble? Lacey Evans had another vignette. Uh, once again, they're rebooting her. She was supposed to be there. She's supposed to be there the week before. I don't know what the hell. Uh, the, the biggest news to come out of it is apparently now she's going to be using the Cobra Clutch when she comes back. So <laughs> she stole that one from uh, Sergeant Slaughter, but I'm sure she's got uh, a blessing to move forward with it. And the rest of the show was basically built around the bloodline. Uh, Roman was even in the house. Yeah. Apparently the Sammy was uh Heyman alluded that uh, Sammy was falling out of favor because the chans were cheering too much for him. Sammy came right out and asked Roman and Roman said, no, that's not the case. Of course not. And they, they all realized that their bigger problem is Kevin Owens. Uh, and so to make up for the fact that Sammy took the loss in the tag match with Cena, Sammy gets to prove himself this coming week when he faces Kevin Owens one on one. John Smith, who wins this one? That's a tough one. Which way are they gonna go with this one? Uh, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna say they give this one to Sammy with the help of the bloodline. Okay. All right, uh, Gary, Sammy Zayn, Kevin Owens. How do you see that working out? Yeah, again, it's one of those ones because I don't think that Sammy obviously 
deep down wants the match. And I think I think the same. I think that they'll do the bloodline will do something to cost Kevin the match and Sammy win, and that'll start chain reaction to to what's coming down the line. So I'm going to say Sammy as well. Okay, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say they. I, not that it really matters when it comes to uh, Roman Reigns and whatnot, but uh, you know, uh, Kevin's got the he's got the shot at Roman at the Royal Rumble. So I'm going to ca- say they keep that next uh, title contender strong, and uh, Owens gets it. You know, may- maybe we get something where you know it all looks like it's going to go that way, and Pierce comes out and throws everybody away from ringside, and KO and Zane get to go at it one on one for real, and KO gets the victory. But what this coming week is going to be all about came out of uh, the Rumble qualifier from last week where Ricochet took on top dollar and got the victory with a shooting star press. Then afterwards, Hit Row was attacking Ricochet three on one. Strowman came out just because there was no other place to fit him into the show that uh, night. And they had to remind us that this week, Braun Strowman is finally getting his shot at Gunter and the Intercontinental Championship. Gary, how do you see this one coming? No. Need we ask? <laughs> no, I I'm actually think it'll be a, slight, a bit of a better match than people think, and it'll be, will be two big boys having a big boy fight, yeah. but there ain't going to be a change in the IC title here. Gunther's going to keep us. All right. John Smith, how do you see this one breaking down? I definitely agree with Gary that title's not going anywhere. It's more of a question of how it gets done because they're going to protect Strowman in some sort of way. Do they just go chalk and have, uh, you know, Imperium interfere? Or maybe we get a ricochet heel turn because we've never seen a heel ricochet before. That's good. And then we can get like heel ricochet versus Strowman at WrestleMania eventually. You know, maybe they work that program. So I'm I'm going I'm I'm hoping for something like that, but of course Walter retains. Or Gunther, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was going to get right by me because yeah, exactly, interchangeable. Uh, yeah, I agree with both you, gents. Uh, this is not the time and place for Gunther to drop that title. Uh, but uh, like you said, John Smith, it's just a matter of how do they get it done, and I'm sure certainly it'll involve Imperium, and uh, hopefully, like you said, they sprinkle in a little ricochet there, make it extra interesting. All right, that's going to do it for SmackDown, which unfortunately means that's going to do it for our time with our man from overseas, Gary Maheffy. Gary, thank you for joining us once again. Always a pleasure, sir. Same, same here. Have a good one. And I'll just go and check the sales of the first uh, children's book, which is available in all good Amazon stores at the minute. <laughs> See what it did there. You mean this hey. one? Ah! <laughs> just came today. Look at that. <laughs> I haven't even got mine yet. Mine's, mine's <laughs> due to come on Friday. Yet, but I haven't got mine yet. Um, excellent, excellent. All righty, sir. Uh, Thank you, as always. We will see you next week. Yeah, have a good one. See you later. Take care. Thank you. All right, look at that. I had the nameplates up the whole time. There's got to be some kind of record now. Can I remember how to take them down? There they go. And let's get the special one up for you and I. And we're going to transition to Raw. Let's see. Where do we kick off Raw? Raw kicked off. Oh, yes. Kevin Owens coming to the ring. JBL interrupting, which made me change the channel because I knew it meant that Baron Corbin was coming out. 
eventually, blah, 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 back and forth. Baron Corbin versus KO. KO gets the win with a stunner, just like he said beforehand. The Usos and Solo came out of the audience and attacked KO. Uh, Adam Pierce threw the Usos out of the building, but told Solo Sokoa he was going to be working that night because Dolph Ziggler wanted a shot at revenge. Well, he got a shot, but he didn't get revenge. Solo Sokoa beat him with the Samoan Spike. And afterwards, the Usos showed a, showed a, hmm, showed us that they were still there anyway, as they once again came through the audience to celebrate with Solo. They didn't cause any more mayhem, but, you know, kind of basically a, there you go, Adam Pierce. Uh, later on, we had Ms. TV with... <laughs> Hold on one second. Al was nice enough to upload it. I might as well use it. It was Ms. TV with Prison Dom Mysterio. He came out in his full cholo mm -hmm. outfit. Still not as cool as Prison Mike, but he was Prison Dom. He told some stories. Then the OC came out because, after all, uh, one of the other things that Adam Pierce told us earlier in the night was that we were going to get tag team turmoil and that was going to uh, give us the next challengers for the Usos. And I'm assuming that they meant this in particular, the Raw Tag Team Championships. So maybe we're getting ready to split those up. But for the meanwhile, John Smith, run us through Tag Team Turmoil. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even know about the Raw Tag Team Championship thing, but then it made sense because I remembered them coming out at the very end of the show holding up just the red belt. So I was like, why are they just holding one belt? But now that makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, the the, <clears throat> the match started off with the, uh, the Judgment Day being Balor and Priest versus the OC. Um, they took out the OC pretty quickly. Um, then uh, the Hurt Business came out. They're back together again. You know, it's like the most toxic couple of all time. <laughs> um, quick work of, of the Hurt Business as well. Shelton Benjamin still looks awesome, though. Um, then we get the Alpha Academy. And then uh, when Otis is about to hit <clears throat> uh, his um, splash, his Vader bomb, Vader splash off the, the second rope, Finn Balor pulls Gable on top of himself. And it kind of hurts Balor more, but at least it squashes um, Gable in the process. Otis is distracted, gets a, a, a boot and then a clothesline for his efforts from Priest. Then he goes down for the three count. But now Finn Balor's ribs are hurt, and he can't stand up, and he can't continue. And Adam Pierce comes out and, make, and gives them two options. They forfeit, or Dom can take over. For, for Balor, and then <laughs> they decide reluctantly that Dom is going to take over. Tough guy, prison Dom. <laughs> and, I, and and you hear Priest in the background go, Yo, just don't be soft. And then Rhea slaps him on the shoulder and tells him to shut up. So Dom gets his ass kicked all over the ring by the Street Profits. Um, but eventually Rhea gets involved and uh, Finn Balor is just, you know, talking from afar, but Rhea gets involved and, um, <clears throat> well, oh yeah. So Dom hits, uh, gets the raw roll or the AEW roll up <laughs> with the help of, of the ropes and Rhea Ripley holding his feet 
onto the ropes. <laughs> so we get our first AEW roll-up of the year for Monday Night Raw, and the uh, the Usos come out onto the ramp with just the red belts, like we said before, to hold those up in the Judgment Day's face. So I guess it looks like they're splitting up those belts, you know, because they are called the Raw Tag Team Champions and the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. So it makes more sense to, like, you have, like, a reason why you can do that. Like, whereas, like, with the Universal and WWE, they don't, they're not attached to shows, per se. Right. Like, yes, sure, they are, but they're not at the same time. They're not called, like, that show's title. Exactly. So I don't think they're going to end up doing this with Roman with his two belts. But I think that uh, that I like the idea of them taking one set off the Usos then another because they've already won the t- they've already got the the all time record for most days. So what more do they need to prove? You know they can just go back go on to other things. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's easy enough to do it. You know, you you have you have them start defending both sets of you know each set of belts on its show, and eventually just. The pace of it, it just gets to be too much for them, and eventually they drop one, if not both. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then, as we've discussed before, there are you know when they put those belts together, I think there was maybe four tag teams combined on on both shows at the at the tail end of there of the Vince era. And there's enough teams now that you can have a tag division on both shows. So good for them for finally getting this one right. It looks like at least. Uh, Alexa Bliss, uh, she popped up in the middle of one segment, just jumped up on the announce desk and started telling uh, Bianca Belair that you know, now she knows that uh, Alexa is the face of evil and she is in charge. And then the Tron lights up and the lights kind of go down and, and Uncle Howdy appears and says, do you feel in charge? And then Uncle Howdy comes out and makes an appearance and we go to commercial and we don't mention it for the rest of the night. So uh, clearly there's a big storyline there. They just didn't feel like filling any of it in last night. Uh, also on the show, Bailey would defeat Mia Yim. She also got a roll up, a cha-ching. Uh, later, she was backstage with Kathy Kelly when Mia Yim interrupted and called her a fraud because she got help. Well, she had her feet on the ropes. Once again, same move twice in one night. Um, and, Damage control, you know, ba- Bailey basically said, like, hey, you can call me anything you want. Right now, I'm going to call you stupid because, look, there's three of us. And boom, it became a three-on-one beatdown. Uh, Candice LeRae was there to tell us that Johnny Gargano is recovering from a shoulder injury. Uh, Rhea Ripley interrupted uh, to tell Candice that she had no chance in the Royal Rumble. And uh, especially not if Rhea's going to be there. They fought about it. Rhea won with the Riptide. No big surprise there. Later on in the show, Austin Theory came out. He trashed Seth Rollins. Rollins came out on a crutch, still selling the injury that apparently was not a real injury. I guess it was all just storyline. Good uh, good for him. He made me believe it the, the week before. I was worried that he really hurt himself and I was going to take a big piece off the table for the run to WrestleMania. But apparently he's okay. Bobby Lashley reappeared, speared Theory, and declared himself for the Royal Rumble. Uh, later, he was approached backstage, Bobby Lashley, that is, by MVP. He thanked MVP because apparently MVP played a role in getting him unfired and brought back. Uh, so he gave him his proper thanks, but MVP wanted to get back to business. And basically, Bobby said, no thanks. 
Uh, also, we had uh, Bronson Reed on the show. Uh, Miz made it sound like the two of them were best buddies, and Bronson said, there, "There's no us, friend. Uh, you know, if you want me to do something for you, you're going to have to pay me." And then, most importantly, and this is where we've got to get John Smiths uh, to weigh in on this: Cody Rhodes vignette, the comeback. It's happening. How do you feel? I fast forwarded the whole thing. I, just I, I kind of assumed. I guess it's time to break this bad boy back out. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Make this the thumbnail for the video. Cody is trash. I hate him. Beautiful. Uh, that'll do it for Raw because we have no matches technically scheduled for next week. Uh, they also did announce Money in the Bank uh, is going to be in London, England this year, but that's all the way at July 1st. Uh, before that, of course, we've got the whole road to WrestleMania, which includes the Elimination Chamber in Montreal, Quebec. And, of course, uh, Mania this year is in Hollywood, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, that will... next year. Say again? It's in Philly next year, right? Oh yeah, and that's that's forty, right? Forty. Yeah, we gotta, we, we gotta make that happen next year. We live too close to Philly to not go to that. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Philly wrestling fans and WrestleMania, ooh baby. Yeah. All right, let's transition to the mess that is AEW and see if I can get through this for you. Uh, there's plenty of picks here, and John will help me break down a couple of these matches just so that I don't talk myself and everyone else to sleep. Uh, but let's jump in. On Rampage, we had Preston Vance in his first match after leaving the Dark Order, or as he now wants to be called, and I hope this is just a goof and it was only a one-time thing, El Perro Peligroso. He beat a dude named Sonico or Sonico, whatever. He was a lucha guy. He ripped his mask off afterwards. He's a big jerk moving along. Uh, Darby Allen got a shot in his hometown against Samoa Joe. We talked about this one last week. Uh, I think we both agreed that there's no way in hell he should win, but in all likelihood he will win. Uh, we also mentioned that the only way that they should make that happen and make it have any sense is if, let's say, Wardlow interfered, because Wardlow basically wants to murder Samoa Joe. That didn't happen. Hometown boy, AEW pillar, and 125 pounds soaking wet with rocks in his pockets beat Samoa Joe cleanly for the TNT championship. He would then go on to defend it. Uh, that was on Dynamite. He would go on to defend it on Rampage against Mike Bennett in what uh, is kind of the, the same open challenge he had going when he was TNT champion months ago. Uh, getting back to Dynamite, here was a match that uh, I guess <laughs> in the Pacific Northwest, you're probably familiar with these two and the good chemistry that they have, or if you were a fan of Lucha Underground. I am neither, so I was pleasantly surprised by this. John Smith, will you tell us all about Swerve, Strickland, and A.R. Fox? Yeah, well, this is my first time seeing A.R. Fox, to be honest. with Things like Samoa Joe losing cleanly to Darby Allen have just turned me off to watching on a weekly basis. <laughs> But I was glad to, to, to see this match. You know, you always end up picking out good ones for me. Um, you know, these these two just went at it for like you know a while with uh, with all the that lucha style, but also not because they're not luchas. It was 
So um, they end up with uh, <clears throat> with the top buckle stomp from Swerve, which actually looks a lot sicker than a coup de gras. I, I'm a big fan of it. He never used to use that, so I, I like that move. He ended up he ended up getting that for the win um, because uh, he got he knocked out. Um, Fox with the some something that Parker Bordeaux or Boudreaux right, right. <laughs> uh, handed him, so he was able to get the win that way. But it was a it was a nice match overall. Yeah. Well, what the hell was his name in NXT? Like, it began, did it begin with an H or something like that? Like Harland. Yes. There you go. There you go. Yeah, and we, we still don't have a name for the other tattooed free, the one with the the tattoos all over his face, who apparently was a minor league baseball player before he decided to become a. Uh, wrestler. whatever uh going back to dynamite uh the acclaimed retained the tag team titles over jay lethal and jeff jarrett it was all kinds of crazy stuff that went on in this one including uh uh bones uh with his feet on the rope uh to, to break up a, a, a three count and sanjay dutt knocked it off so the referee actually counted the three and the belts were in the hands of Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett for a couple seconds. But thank goodness Aubrey Edwards was there to pull the referee aside and set everything straight. They restarted the match, and in 25 seconds there was a roll-up, and the acclaimed uh, retained. Lethal and uh, Jarrett went bonkers backstage, so they rebooked it for the uh, two nights later at the live Rampage, which rolled into Battle of the Belts. And because it's Battle of the Belts, there have been five of them. There have been 15 matches. There have been 15 retentions. So the acclaimed retained. So thank you for making the, uh, you know, making our hearts jump out of our chest worrying about that one. <laughs> Uh, also Jade Cargill and Red Velvet teamed together to beat, uh, Kara Hogan and Sky Blue. Uh, then Jade fought Sky Blue on Battle of the Belts as well. Of course, once again, a retention. Although I almost gave you that match to watch, John, because Jade Cargill, for someone who started out as just a physique and she was absolutely horrible and couldn't go more than two minutes... She's stretching out to almost like 10-minute matches now, and she's still not super crisp, but she is, in terms of power, what the WWE wants you to believe Bianca Belair is. Right. She put on, she flipped uh, Red Velvet, Layla Gray, and Sky Blue around that ring a couple different times, and it was impressive. She, of course, won uh, with either Jaded or Punt Kick, whatever it was, but... Uh, you know, if you've got 10 minutes of time, anyone out there uh, who's paying attention, give Jade a look. She is getting better every week. She's still not great, but they that's one of the few things they have done perfectly on AEW. They created that secondary title. They put it on her. She's untouchable with it, at least for a little while now. Uh, and she's getting better every week. Uh, let's see. What else did we have? We had uh, Orange Cassidy. Defending the All Atlantic Championship, it happened on Battle of the Belts, so I don't really have to tell you how that one worked out. He retained because, of course, he did. Uh, there was a whole mess with the, the Butcher and the Blade and best friends getting involved, Danhausen and the Bunny, and back and forth and back and forth. And in the end, Orange Punch one, two, three. I, I, I like 
going into this one, I thought this is the fifth battle of the belts. It has to have dawned on them by now that people are pointing out that they've never changed the belts there. So that show started with the tag titles. They had already teased flipping the tag titles by having them, uh, uh, Jarrett and Lethal, win them and then having it overturned immediately, blah, blah, blah. So now it was a no DQ. So everyone got involved and it was a, it was a, a bleep show. So that was the first match on the card. That didn't go to a title flip. Jade Cargill was up next. Jade Cargill was not losing her title. I said, okay, here's where they're finally going to do it. Kip Sabian, who spent a year wearing a box on his head, they're going to give this kid a pat on the back. He's going to take this title. He's going to cheat. It's not going to be clean, but he's going to get the title. They've got to finally do a title swap. They didn't. So screw you for making me stay up to midnight to watch no title swaps again. <laughs> Moving along, back on Dynamite, we had, uh, this was kind of the, uh, you know, I offered you mentorship, you told me to go scratch, uh, so now I'm going to teach you a lesson. It was Ricky Starks, it was Chris Jericho, and John Smith, why don't you tell us all about it? This one was a pretty standard match until Jericho ended up finally getting Ricky Starks in the uh, in the walls of Jericho, and R Ricky fought for a while, and then 2.0. Uh, decides to get involved, and one of them distracts the ref while the other one hits him, hits uh, Starks in the face with a bat. So he's knocked out while in the walls. Uh, ref drops the arm twice, stays up on the third. He uh, he ends up breaking out of it, getting a, a roll up for a two count. Um, he stands up and then he beats up 2.0 real quick, who both jumped up to the apron, ducks a Chris Jericho clothesline. Comes off the other rope and hits a massive dart. It's not a spear when it comes from Ricky Starks. It's a dart. <laughs> it's like a flying branch going at somebody. <laughs> and Jericho's down for the three count. But we immediately get Jericho Appreciation Society uh, jump jumping Starks like five on one. And then we get um, Action Andretti with the save with the chair. But he ends up getting overwhelmed, and then Starks ends up getting powerbombed off the apron by um, Jake Hager through a table. And that's that. Good stuff. <laughs> and uh, tangentially to that, because it did involve the Jericho Appreciation Society and chairs, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, let's jump into our first pick for this upcoming week. Uh, two members of the Jericho Association uh, Appreciation Association. Jesus Christ. The JAS, uh, Anna J and uh, Ty Mello, they are going to have a street fight with Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. Now, if you were watching about six months ago, I think it took place during the summer, Anna and Ty took on, I, I believe it was Penelope Ford and the Bunny in a street fight. And I think I said at the time, and I, I still believe Paul Heyman would have been proud of the match that these four women put on. So we already know Anna Jay and Ty Mello can get extreme when they need to. Uh, I guess we'll see whether or not Ruby and Willow can as well. But we're picking this one. It's happening, I believe, on Rampage. John Smith, Anna Jay, Ty Mello versus Ruby Soho, Willow Nightingale. Street fight. Who takes it? Mm. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with 
Ruby and Willow because the um, Anna Jay and, and Tay Mello have been like kind of getting the better of them recently, so I think they're going to get their revenge. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go the other way only because I've seen them do it before, and Ruby and Willow are doing this gimmick where, you know, Willow's just happy to be there, and that kind of annoys Ruby, so I wonder if one won't turn on the other at some point. Uh, I'm, I may be way overthinking it, and I probably am, because I don't think they put that much, you know, uh, perspective into their women's division. Uh, but I'm just going to go with uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society on this one. Uh, getting back to Rampage, we had the House of Black cut a promo where Malachi said that Eddie Kingston never played by the rules, but he doesn't recognize the man he is now. And they're here to help him, although I don't think he meant that in a good way. On Battle of the Belts, we had a, a backstage segment where Eddie and Ortiz said that the House of Black speak in riddles, and those riddles have Eddie and Ortiz kind of looking at each other, wondering if they can trust each other. Well, Eddie said, well, you know what? If you've got questions about my loyalty, ask after Rampage, because they're going to have a tag team match where it's going to be Kingston and Ortiz, and it's going to be the Kings of the Black Throne, which is Malachi and Brody King. Uh, it's on Rampage. It's a straight-up tag team match. John Smith, who do you think wins this one? Uh, I'm going to go with House of Black on this one. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I don't know if it's going to lead to Eddie and uh, Ortiz turning on each other, but uh, with those two big fellas, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you beat them. Uh, they're destroyers. <laughs> yeah, they made a big deal about their return, so I think they got big plans for the for the House of Black moving forward. Indeed, game changers. <laughs> all those tweets. Whenever anybody was signed their game changer for like Absolutely. a year. Ago. They've changed the game so many times, your head will spin. Yeah, uh, yeah the game was on AEW Dark and Dark Light and Dark dark Heavy and Dark Ice. <laughs> dark Colombian Rose, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, on, on Dynamite, we had a backstage promo from Jungle Boy uh, where he challenged Big Bill and Lee Moriarty to face him next week in his hometown of L.A., with his partner for one night only, Hook. They're calling them Jungle Hook because, of course, they are. Uh, Jungle Boy and Hook teaming up against Lee Moriarty and Big Bad Bill, or as you may know him, W. Marcy or Cat Big Cass or one of the other 16 names he went by. Who do you see winning this one on Dynamite this week? Uh, I'm going to go with Big Cass because <laughs> I don't want to – ever root for somebody named Jungle Hook. <laughs> uh, you know what? I Yeah, I think that makes more sense. Let the bad guys get the, the first one here. And, you know, I don't I, I'm assuming this is meant for Jungle Boy yeah. to go on and face Big Bill. So I say uh, Big Bill and uh, Moriarty get the win here. I agree. Okay, we've had a whole bunch of build up to Hater and Britt Baker. Uh, they're going to take on Soraya. It's going to be Soraya. It's going to be here in LA. And, you know, the, the Brit and Hater are going by the killer and the pillar. That's kind of cute. Uh, and then Soraya had a sit down with Tony, Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. She was going to make her decision on who was going to be her partner for this match because we drew this out for like three weeks. And with both of them sitting next to her, 
Tony turned to, excuse me, uh, Soraya turned to Tony and said, I've got the best wrestler in the world sitting right here next to me. And then she just completely ignored Hikaru Shida for the rest of the segment. Moving forward, I don't know if Shida's going to, you know, be pissed off enough to take any action here, but we're going to get Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker together as a tag team against Soraya and Tony Storm. It's going to be on Dynamite. John Smith, who do you see winning? I don't see Soraya losing anytime soon, so I'm going with her and Tony Storm. All right. Uh, you know what? Just, just for giggles, I'll say that uh, Hater and Baker get it done. Maybe Sheeta gets involved. You know, maybe she uh, she clobbers Tony Storm with her kendo stick, and that lets uh, one of the the gals, uh, either the killer or the pillar, to get the victory. I'd like to clobber Tony Storm with my kendo stick. You know, I had the thought, but thank you for saying it. <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. I love you, Tony. You're hanging on my wall right here. Tank ass Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We had Brian Danielson. Uh, did I get that right? Yeah, Brian Danielson. Uh, <laughs> he defeated Tony Nice on Dynamite last week. Uh, his new gimmick is he, he grabs the wrist and stomps somebody's face until they're unconscious. Then he rolls them over and puts them in like uh, like a cross leg, uh, cross face stretch. But it doesn't matter because they're already unconscious, so they immediately get the you know the ref immediately stops it. Uh, that's how he beat Tony Nese. That's how he beat whoever he uh, uh, was dealing with earlier. Him and MJF had a little back and forth. Uh, obviously, this is MJF's next title opponent, but. MJF is going to make him, quote, not exactly run the gauntlet, but basically because wins and losses matter on AEW, MJF claims that he crunched the numbers, and in order for uh, Danielson to be the number one contender, he has to win every match between now and, like, February 8th, and he has to appear on every show. And if he does that, MJF will grant him a title shot at Revolution, which is coming up on March 5th. So getting to it, uh, Danielson will this week on Dynamite, I believe, he will take on the Japanese sensation, Konosuke Takeshita. Don't try and spell that and then try and pronounce it. But, John Smith, who do you have winning between old D-Bry, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, and Konosuke Takeshita? Mm-hmm. I've only seen Takeshita once, and I don't really know much about him, so I'm going to go with what I know. And Daniel Bryan is one of the best wrestlers in the world, so I'm going with him. Yeah, well, uh, what you haven't seen of Takeshita is him putting on awesome matches with everyone they put him up against. I would, you know, like it was to the point where I wasn't sure how long they were going to have him on loan from. I think he's part of DDT in Japan, uh, but yeah, he puts on great matches with everyone. But yeah, I don't, I don't presume we're going to see Daniel Bryan, Bryan, God damn it, Brian Danielson lose as he goes through these steps to get to MJF. But because it's Takeshita, I think we're going to get a hell of a match. But I agree with you, Danielson will win. And what we have been alluding to for weeks now and not quite getting to was uh, Hangman. His health had been in question since he took that nasty clothesline and landed on his face and knocked himself unconscious. Uh, He's finally going to be medically cleared when we get to L.A. this week. Uh, He had some words for Moxley multiple times 
what all comes right down to it, we're going to get it once again. Uh, Mox and Hangman Adam Page. John Smith, who takes this one? No title on the line here. I give this one to um, to Adam Page. Yeah, yeah, I think I got, I got to agree with you. <laughs> That's twice now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I, I'm going to go with the thought that I had the last time these two fought was that Moxley was supposed to take a vacation like three months ago, but he had to keep bailing this company out from stupid decisions for their from their world title. So uh, maybe Hangman gets it done here, and maybe you know uh, Mox even sells an injury, and he goes and finally takes that vacation with Renee that he's been wanting since September. So I agree with you there. And although we had really no build for it on this last week of shows, uh, because they had already gone through match number six, this is what it's all been leading up to. Our main event for at least AEW is the Trios Championship. It's match number seven in their best of seven series. Of course, it's tied at three. It is Death Triangle, the defending champs against the elite in a ladder match, or as they put it, Escalera de la Muerte. John Smith, who are your trios champions coming out of L.A.? Well, the elite are booking it, so the elite are winning it. <laughs> I haven't been able to say something like that in a while, but I'm going with that one. <laughs> uh, sad but true. Uh, yeah, I think I have to agree with you. Uh, yeah, it, it's. I think it's just been a formality. Uh, they didn't need to do it seven matches just to get De Death Triangle some defenses under their belt before the Elite took back the belts that were quite literally made for them. Hmm. That will wrap up AEW. And we move over to Impact, uh, where last week we had uh, a video package and a bunch of wrestler and staff tributes for Don West, who passed away, uh, he was there. You know, one of their first uh, color guy or play-by-play guys. Like, yeah, I guess I guess Tanae was the play-by-play guy, and he was the the color guy. He was just, you know, so over the top. He was the home shopping channel guy when he got there, and nobody gave him any respect. But his incredible enthusiasm for their product made him very much beloved there, and everyone had some nice words to say about him. It's a shame, you know, cancer sucks. F cancer. And uh, rest in peace, Don West. Uh, Sammy Callahan, he once again offered to be a part of the design. I guess he didn't take the hint when they beat the crap out of him the week before when he offered to join. This week they said, all right, uh, you've got to cleanse yourself. And the first cleansing will be, let us shave your head. So supposedly that's happening this Thursday night. I don't know why we would care. I guess it's just a way for Sammy who has... Amongst the worst hair in the business, it's the terrible dye job, terrible bald spots that immediately get exposed as soon as he starts sweating. He's going to get his head shaved. whoop de doo And the worst catchphrase in the business. Thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, last week, we saw Giselle Shaw try to sell herself to Sasha and Savannah as the missing ingredient as they go up against the Death Dolls. This week, we're going to get Savannah and Rosemary one-on-one. -on -one. We're probably going to wind up getting either the Death Dolls defending the titles at uh, the pay-per-view, or maybe we even get a trios three-on-three, -three, since with Giselle, both sides will have three here. That's, what's on, that's what's on the PWP website, is the three-on-three. -on -three. 
Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. The last I checked, it hadn't been announced yet, but uh, okay. Yeah, this says uh, countdown matched uh, triple tag. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right. So then let's pick it. The Death Dolls, which would be Rosemary, Taya Valkyrie, and Jessica versus Tasha Steele, Savannah Evans, and Giselle Shaw. John Smith, what do you say? Um, since it's not a tag team title match, I'm going to go with uh, Tasha Steele's team to win this one. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, that'll that'll therefore get them their title match on some show soon thereafter, I'm sure. Right. So I agree with you. I'll say Tasha, Savannah, Giselle, get the job done. Uh, last week, we had Taylor Wilde taking on Masha Slamovich in a match. It didn't really mean much of anything because we knew we had Masha, Deanna, and Taylor Wilde coming up at the pay-per-view. Uh, Deanna was on commentary. Masha would take some time out of her busy schedule to curse at Deanna in Russian. And that was enough of a distraction of herself that when she came back in, Taylor Wilde got her with a roll up and Masha lost her bleep. And, uh, she wound up grabbing one of the members of the security team and dropping him with a snowplow on the floor. I checked the website and someone else has been added to the match, although there was no, you know, uh, lead up to it. I'm assuming maybe something will happen this Thursday night that makes sense for her to be part of the match. The knockouts number one contender match that's going to take place at Hard to Kill. We knew it was going to be Masha Slamovich, Deanna Perrazzo, and Taylor Wilde. Apparently they are adding to the mix Killer Kelly. Amongst those four, John Smith, who do you think will be the knockout number one contender coming out of Hard to Kill? Uh, they've been pushing Killer Kelly hard, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Killer Kelly on this one. Okay. Because, as you're gonna see later on in our picks, I'm really, really questioning one of the other matches that night. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say Deanna gets it done here, uh, based on what I will lay out later on. Uh, so yeah, so you've got Killer Kelly. I'm gonna go with Deanna in this one. Uh, we shall see. This week, we've got uh, another trios match that means absolutely nothing, although they'll sell us that it's, you know, to build momentum. Uh, it's going to be Eddie Edwards, Moose, and Steve Macklin going up against Jonathan Gresham, Joe Hendry, and Rich Swan. And what that leads to is basically three matches at the pay-per-view. The first of which uh, came out of the, their dealings with Honor No More and the death of Ring of Honor from last year. Uh, last week, we saw Jonathan Gresham get one of the most unique roll-ups I've ever seen. He was fighting a guy named Ernest R. Anthony. Always interesting when you use your middle name when you're a wrestler, or your middle initial. Um, Gresham trapped both of his arms behind his back, kind of like when uh, Wheeler Yuta uses that uh, seatbelt roll-ups thing that he does. Except Gresham did it with his feet held this guy's arms below him, uh, behind him, pinned him, then started twisting on his leg until his body elevated to where he was on his shoulders, and he got the three count. Like it looked, He was doing nothing but stretching joints, looking for a submission. He wound up getting a three count. Gresham, he may only be five foot one, but he is a magician on the match. <laughs> on the mat, excuse me. He got that win last week, but what it's heading for at the pay-per-view is is this honor deal between him and Eddie Edwards. So, John Smith, let's pick it. It's Eddie Edwards. It's former Ring of Honor champion Jonathan Gresham. 
who do you see winning in this one-on-one straight up no gimmicks match Jonathan Gresham's a new guy. He needs it more. Eddie Edwards is Mr. Impact. He just lost to like his world title match at the last big pay-per-view. Like this is a really tough one to call. Uh, I'm gonna go with Gresham on this one. Eddie's gonna continue his slump, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie's one of those guys that you're never going to worry about him being buried because he took another loss. Uh, he is Mr. Impact, like you said. And, yeah, Gresham has signed a uh, a contract with Impact, so he's going to be around. So I agree with you. I think Jonathan Gresham gets it done in this one. Also coming out of that uh, three-on-three this week is another storyline where uh, Steve Macklin, who's pissed off that he can't seem to get a world title match, he's gonna he's already gone through a handful of former world champions. The next one on his list is Rich Swan. And uh, because things have gotten nasty between the two of them and there's been some jumps backstage, et cetera, et cetera, Rich Swan, <clears throat> excuse me, challenged Steve Macklin to make this a no DQ false count anywhere. And it's been expanded to be false count anywhere in Atlanta because that's where the pay-per-view is taking place. So Rich Swan, Steve Macklin, false count anywhere, no DQ, John Smith, who gets this one, who gets the W in this one? Uh, (laughs) I think the false count anywhere only benefits Steve Macklin even more. I'd pick him in a regular match. Now I I love him in this kind of match. I'm going with Macklin. (laughs) Yeah, I I have to agree. I mean, unless Swan's bringing a whole, you know, SUV full of his buddies to help him beat up on Macklin. I don't see him getting the job done here when you let Macklin. The return of Willie Mack. I mean, (laughs) I'd love that as long as he came (laughs) along with his intro music. (laughs) Uh, Also coming out of that three-on-three, the last uh, portion of it here is Moose, who uh, wants to be the first person to make Joe Hendry face some adversity. And they're going to do it for the Digital Media Championship. Joe Henry is your current champion. He takes on Moose at the pay-per-view. No stipulation involved here. It is for the title, however. Who do you see winning, John Smith? Which one was this again? Uh, Trey Miguel Black Taurus? No, uh, Henry and Moose. The Digital Media title. Oh, for the Digital Media title. Okay, I got you. Um... I don't know. I guess I believe in Joe Hendry. Still, I you know he's he's got a good thing going for now. Uh, you know, maybe an, uh, a possible AEW roll up situation. Sure, sure, I can see that happening. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see what good it does for Moose to put the, that belt on him. So I'm gonna say, yeah, Hendry finds some way to get it done. Uh, speaking of Black Taurus, who you just brought up. He fought Anthony Green last week. Anthony Green, you may remember, was Austin Gray or something something to that effect in yeah. NXT. Right. Um, he, this was uh, Green's first match in uh, Impact, and unfortunately it was against Taurus. And uh, unfortunately he took him to Destination Hellhole and got the victory, did Black Taurus. Afterwards, uh, as the ref was helping Green up the ramp, Trey Miguel knocked Green out and tagged him with the spray paint again. That's leading us to Trey Miguel defending the X Division Championship against Black Taurus. John Smith, who's the X Division champ, coming out of Hard to Kill. 
I think I think Trey ends up retaining. Um, yeah, that'll be two wins over Black Tarus, but you know what? He cheated to win kind of in the first one, and he might even do it again here. So, um, yeah, I'm going with Trey. Yeah, yeah, I, I really wanted to see Tarus get this title in their first match before I realized it was just going to be a vehicle to a Trey heel turn. Uh, so at this point, I, I, I don't know why they didn't plug crazy Steven here since he's already beaten he cheated to beat Taurus but uh I agree I think uh Trey retains here and uh you know continues to show us what a bad guy he can be speaking of the X division uh two former X division champions have been having a war of words Kenny King and Mike Bailey Mike uh excuse me Kenny King turned it up a notch when he went to Montreal to visit the the gym where Speedball I don't know if he owns it or if he just works out there and he attacked five of his trainees uh afterwards we went back to the building uh where Mike Bailey was approached backstage by uh Gia Miller and she said that's it King you've got you you wanted to make me mad you've made me mad now even ripped out his mouthpiece to show how mad he was uh and uh but you, you know for some reason they, they don't want another straight up match so mike bailey said let's take the ropes down let's tape up the hands let's have ourselves a pit fight so that's what they're they're calling it a pit fight i'm i believe that that means the rules are you can only win by knockout or submission mike bailey versus kenny king john smith who wins the pit fight that's that's on thursday right uh, no, I believe this one is at the pay-per-view. Uh, on the website, we got listed Kushida versus Mike Bailey versus Yuya Yumura versus Boo Pinder versus Alan Angels versus Mike Jackson. Oh, Jesus. All right. Well, maybe they're maybe they're making all kinds of changes that I didn't see in the last couple of hours. All right. Well, let's pick it for Thursday then. Who? who uh, okay. But you know what? That makes more sense. They're going to have to take the ropes down, so it makes sense that that will be a main event. And it's certainly got a, not going to main event the pay-per-view, so I guess maybe they're moving it to Thursday. All right, who wins the pit fight on Thursday between Mike Bailey and Kenny King? Um, I, I'm going to go with Kenny King. I think he, he still needs to establish himself as a, like you know a major singles player, not with Honor No More. So, and and Mike Bailey obviously is Mike Bailey. He could stand to lose any match, and you know people would still love him. So. <laughs> Yeah, King's done a lot of talking, but not a lot of winning. So yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. It, it I mean, I don't know how he. I guess he gets. He can knock him out. I don't know if Kenny King is a uh, very uh, adept at submissions, but uh, there is always a you know a big right hand could get the job done. All right, moving along. You want to break down that match for us again uh, that uh, you said is on there, the, the X Division? It's a countdown match. I don't know if it's X Division or not. Like, I don't know if it's, you know, for an X Division, you know, shot or yeah. if, even if it's like Ultimate X, which I doubt because it says countdown match here. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Kushida versus Mike Bailey versus Yuya Uemura versus Bupinder Gujar versus Alan Angels versus Mike Jackson. Jesus. Okay. All right. Who you got winning now? <laughs> um, I don't know that, that especially because it's a countdown match. It's so random. I'm, you know, I'm going to go with Kushida because okay. he's an NXT guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll say that that's, 
that's the match that gets Mike Bailey back on his winning ways after we've both picked Kenny King to win this pit fight. So give me Mike Bailey. Uh, I'm sure we'll see him. Thursday, there's got to be some explanation to that. Because last night, literally, I checked the Impact website, I think, last night at like 3 a.m. before closing my eyes, and that was not on there. So this is obviously something that popped up today. All right. Uh, Throwing back to last week, we had uh, Chris Saban defeating uh, Matt Cardona in a a very entertaining 20-minute long match. Uh, Once again, this week, we're going to get the who's got the – you know, uh, momentum going into it because we're going to have Heath versus uh, Brian Myers in singles competition. But what it's leading to at the pay-per-view is the four-team elimination match between the Motor City Machine Guns, Heath and Rhino, the major players, and Ace and Bay, fresh back from Japan, where they apparently, I think, play second in the uh, the world, whatever that world juniors tag, whatever the hell they do over there in Japan. Anyway, they had a very good showing over there and they're coming back and they're thrown right into this impact tag team championship elimination match. John Smith, who comes out the tag champs? Ooh, elimination. I love it. Um, uh, I I know that the machine guns just won these titles recently, but I, I, I really see no reason to keep them on them. Uh, I, I'm gonna go with Cardona and Myers. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you, you took the words right out of my mouth there. I, I see, I see Ace and Bay probably starting the match, and probably getting through. Uh, two of the opponents and then you know the major players they pull that number four so the last one's out and they cheat to win because like it just seems like it was a matter of time before they were gonna put the tag belts on these guys well it's not a gauntlet is it uh it's it's a oh that's right yeah they're all in there so it's elimination but they are all in there at the same time so yeah so that 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 goes against what i said Eh, screw it i still see the major players coming out of this just because it feels like it's just their time Okay, that's the tag titles. Uh, That leaves us with the two big ones. Uh, We had uh, a Mickey James video package last week where we went from her early days uh, with and learning under Raven to her trip to the WWE for the, you know, uh, all-time angle she had with Trish. And now things went bad at the end there. She went back and she was hardcore country. She met her husband. She went back to the WWE. That ended with garbage bags and, you know, the story we've all heard there. Now she's back in Impact to end things right. Well, she's putting her career on the line and possibly ending them for the and a match for the Knockouts Championship against your current champion, Jordan Grace. John Smith, who leaves the Knockouts Champion and is Mickey's career over? Yeah, this is a tough one, man. Um, Jordan Grace has been unstoppable. You know, like if she wasn't going to lose to Masha Slamovich, I don't, how does she lose to Mickey? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Mickey just because I don't think that she's, you know, she's done. You know, I think she's still really good. She can still talk. She can still go in the ring. Um, I'm gonna go with Mickey here. Maybe she. You know, realizes she needs to cheat to win or something to beat Jordan Grace. And, you know, we get maybe a Mickey, like, full-on heel turn during this in some way. Or, I don't know. But I, I'm going to go with Mickey. 
Okay. Uh, you know what? I I thought I was going to be out on a limb here. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm going. The thing that pops up is the the fact how Al always likes to joke around and say that you know Mickey uh, treats Deanna so badly, and Deanna I don't think has ever beaten Mickey. So whereas it would absolutely make sense to, to let Jordan Grace put another notch on her belt, another line on her resume that she retired Mickey James. And no, there's no reason to expect Mickey to win here. That's exactly what happened last year when Mickey won the world, you know, won the, the knockouts title. So I could see it. And, you know, she is on her quote unquote last ride. So her next loss is going to be her last match. So I think she gets the job done here. And that's why I picked Deanna to come out of the four-way match to be the number one contender. Cause maybe that's going to be, the nail in the coffin. Deanna finally gets the win over Mickey James, and that's how she retires her. Now, I think either both women, Jordan Grace and Deanna, are worthy of being the ones to retire her. But because I don't believe Deanna's ever beaten her, I think that's the story they're going to tell here. So I agree with you. I've got Mickey winning the Knockouts Championship here at Hard to Kill. And that just leaves us with the main event. And because... <laughs> Because Al went to the trouble of uploading them, I might as well use one of them. Your main event, Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray. Uh, this is full metal mayhem, so it's going to get crazy. It's going to get ugly, and in all likelihood, it's going to get bloody. What do you see happening here? Uh, jo Josh, uh, Scott Demore's gotten involved in it. He, you know, he got physical with Bully Ray. This has gotten really, really ugly. Who do you see coming out of Full Metal Mayhem with the world title? Now, is Full Metal Mayhem like inside of a cage of any kind, or is it just like a bunch of weapons going on? I, you know what? I probably should have gone back and double checked because uh, it sounds like it should be a cage, but I think it's just. I think it's like weapons hanging and stuff like that around the around the ring and whatnot. So, um, I mean, I guess, I guess it doesn't really matter, like the, toward like as far as my pick is concerned. Right, right. I don't, I don't see Bully Ray winning this title. I think that Josh Alex, this, this is you know just to show us a different side of Josh Alexander, not just like the. You know, the amateur wrestler side, tough guy. Now it's the guy who's got a chip on his shoulder and a vendetta. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Josh Alexander to take out Bully Ray. Okay. Yeah, it looks like uh, from the quick pictures that I'm seeing here, it looks oh, that's not a mayhem match anyway. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't believe that there is a cage involved. Maybe I know there is one match where uh, they put up like one wall of a cage and then they have like a chain hanging on the other side. So impact is sometimes they're all over the place. They're not even necessarily consistent. So, uh, okay, you've got Josh retaining, you say? Yes, I do. Yeah, he's, he's done everything else. He just, last week, I believe, uh, he broke the streak to become the longest reigning world champion impact history. Uh, I, and until that was the case, I started to think maybe they would put this belt on bully Ray. Like maybe that was, I mean, Jesus, they, they've gotten, you know, months of programming out of a guy that you were surprised to see show up in that uh, gauntlet match that he won to get this title shot. So I was like, Oh, of course they're going to put the title on him. You know, he's going to do something underhanded, but you know, 
Josh just passed the record. I don't think they're going to have him lose his first uh, title defense. So I agree with you. Maybe this is them showing that we've already shown he can absolutely wrestle. Uh, he's been the wrestler of the male wrestler of the year, two years running first as a tag team, then as an X and a world title or world champion, I should say. So I'm going to agree with you that Josh Alexander retains here. I, I just looked it up. It's actually a TLC match. Basically it's a ladder match. Are you kidding me? <laughs> They're just changing this stuff on the fly now. Um, been- I just looked up. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm looking up what a full metal mayhem match is. Right, right. It's, and, oh, okay. So yeah. Full Metal Mayhem involves... Full Metal Mayhem match, two or more competitors fight to either gain a pinfall, submission, or climb a ladder to retrieve the, the championship. Okay. Well, so it's a ladder match that you could win by pinfall or submission also. <laughs> that and is going to impact. That is so <laughs> impact. <laughs> oh, well, it's thank like you. It's a reverse battle royal where everybody starts on the outside. Yeah, you, you can't get thrown <laughs> in. <laughs> oh, God love them. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, so that that is it. That is it for Hard to Kill. Uh, that is it for the business, the business part of our show. Uh, so let me drop down. To- <clears throat> uh, lower this because it drives me nuts every week. Uh, where do we start? Where do we start with the roll? Roll-ups this week, right? We're all good? There you go, yeah. Oh, wow, we got a lot, huh? Yeah, we had a whole bunch. Because apparently, Raw does not like the fact that someone took their title. <laughs> oh, wow, they start with three. <laughs> We're right back in the driver's seat. On pace for 156. <laughs> <laughs> that would be impressive. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't All even right, take the wheel here, sir. Yeah. Um, the primetime rundown is back at its usual day and time as Joey Jarzinka, Ian Schreier, and Mike Zabo return to Friday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time with everything you need to know in the sports world. <clears throat> do, you, do you have an interest in becoming a sports reporter? Would you want to be asking high-profile coaches and players questions in person? Are you a college student looking to break into the sports media industry and looking to write about your favorite team? The Eastern Observer is looking for interested candidates to join the family for college credit. Look no further. Aspiring writers, social media specialists, content creators, etc. can acquire by emailing eosports3 at gmail.com. We're looking forward to having you join the Eastern Observer family. The Black Cats NYC are the are the official band of the Eastern Observer. Check out their latest album, classic album, Free Cake, on any of these classic or on any of these music providers: YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Deezer. Anywhere you get your music, you can get the Black Cats NYC's album, Free Cake, out now. Play loud. As always, the EWP is sponsored by Pro Wrestling Pick'em. The internet leader in sports entertainment pick'em pools. Join us in the EWP public pool to play against us or create a private pool with you and your friends. ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. And guys, she'll like it too. Join us back here next week for episode number 133 at 5 p.m. on all of our viewing options. 
And while you're here now watching and listening, please make sure you like this episode and subscribe to the Eastern Observer to make sure that you get updates on all our shows and news articles. It's all about the algorithm. Indeed it is, sir. All right. Is there anything we missed, John, other than the fact that I missed putting up the point structures for both of the pay-per-views? Um, no, I was I was actually impressed with Scarlett's performance in her mat in her mixed tag match. I not that she like did great or anything, but I've never seen her wrestle before, so I wasn't I was expecting like a Lana situation, and I and I think she did way better than than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know she has wrestled before, but it's been so long since I've heard of her. Even and I've never seen any of it, granted. But I knew that she was at least mildly capable. But I was thinking to myself, like, you know, she's gonna have a ton of ring lust. I haven't heard about her stepping in the ring anywhere in, in years. Yeah, so, she yeah. Had this, like Saito suplex where she held on and bridged it and everything. Yeah, yeah. It looked, so, it looked nice too. That yeah, well, <laughs> always does when she's in the ring, isn't it? Doesn't it? Yes, sir. All right. All right. I suppose that's going to do it for us, folks. And if I can find the picture that I have trouble finding every week, which is always in the same place, there it is. Alexa Bliss, we love you. Harry Steve, always in our hearts. Ladies and gents, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Peace out. Please.